All right, so let's make it plain. Welcome back to the Make It Plain Wayne podcast, where we will entertain, we will heal, and we will build you up. I am Wayne, and this is Elevated Friendship. So for today's topic, we're going to be talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming into the first episode. And I have designer, creator, international coach, athlete, and my big bro, my friend Steve Gordon joining us. So please tune in as we get into the Winter Soldier and all of the crazy things that we've encountered in 2021 and how they pertain to this great and amazing show. Let's tune in. And that's, uh, <laughs> I think that's in a way starting to bleed into the stories. I think that's what makes them so real is yeah, we, absolutely. like now we've had, I mean, it's not just this year, coronavirus in 2020 and 2021, we've had a, a plethora and a wealth of watching people be misunderstood, watching as we as we talked about, like, can you really be the hero all the time? And and it is does it fatigue you a little bit to be the hero? You know what's it like to be the hero? I mean, I I, I even saw uh, something about the guys at nine eleven, those those firemen having things in their lungs, so it's like. Here you are saving lives, doing everything that you can do. And I'm going to go ahead and twist that over into Bucky, you know? Yeah. He, he's the winter soldier. And what did he actually do wrong, you know? Right. Like, yeah, him himself, what did Bucky do wrong? Yeah. Absolutely nothing. He right. He lost that train. You know? Right. It, it doing the right thing is one of the howling commandos right alongside of of Steve Rogers, um, he wasn't able to be saved, but he was salvaged by the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And so, what did Bucky do wrong? Nothing. Right. Nothing at all. But then to wake up and have to, you know, realize that you've been this elite super soldier, exactly what we thought Captain America was supposed to be, but on the opposite side. Right. And triggered, like yeah. literally programmed on a trigger to to have a, a a forced psychotic break to be to be schizophrenic on purpose for somebody else's purpose right now yeah. maybe this is just a little bit you know I'm, I'm gonna go back to my action roots you know i love martial arts action you know the wesley snipes and all the steven seagal and von dom like i always am a sucker for action fast and furious all of it but right. the the opening scene with Falcon just being Falcon, like for me, that was just a birthday present just wrapped up. <laughs> that was gifted to me. I got to see him do the two things that I like to do, you know, see him do the most, which is the flying and fighting aspect, which winter, the, the Captain America Winter Soldier movie was my favorite Marvel movie for a long time till like others could kind of knock it off the top peg. And so I love the opening. It still remains one of my favorites because it's the most grounded. Yes. You know, like like the other ones became as they moved toward cosmic foes, as they moved toward time travel and some of these more sci-fi fantasy tropes. The good old-fashioned, grounded, 
spy action thriller, like that was the born identity version for the MCU. Yes. Like they got right down to business. It was lots of hand to hand. It was lots of held, you know, handheld camera action. Yes. Um, you had your, your car chases, Black Widow on her motorcycle. Like to me, um, that Winter Soldier is probably the dopest action movie in the MCU. Like if you yeah. categorize it as action. Yeah. That wasn't even sci-fi. That was action. Right. And they, I mean, they didn't leave anything out. I mean, we got to see GSP. Who is you know one of the greatest you know mixed martial artists ever? Like we got to see him throw down with, uh, I want to say Captain America is probably stunt double, who I'm guessing probably had to train up to be able to to coordinate a fight scene with GSP because I mean you have a uh, Ip Man three, uh, Donnie Yen was asking Mike Tyson just please don't hit me for real, <laughs> so. Yes. These are combat artists. Yes. They're not used to pulling punches. Yes. Yes. And so the opening for me, like that did it. Um, What what do you want to say about the Falcon family values? I mean, he comes home, he's got a sister, you got the the Bubba Gump shrimp boat. I mean, the, the, the relationship he had with his sister, I think you and I can appreciate with our sisters. What did that Falcon family values do for you? You know, it's uh, first off, they're in Louisiana. They down in the bayou. That's yeah, where, that's where my fam is from on my mom's side. So I immediately identified with that. And then have a strong-willed, you know, smart-mouth women boy. He, he came in, and the first thing she, you know, it's like, oh, Uncle Sam is home, and she's like, yeah, Uncle Sam. I'm like, oh, here they go, straight into. <laughs> gonna get heat from his sister um i think it was a really real dynamic like you know when before the snap and before the blip sam was the man of the house you could tell Mm -hmm. but but being gone for five years he comes back to the point in time that he left they had to keep it going so imagine that that kind of family value, like 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 you said, we both have very similar families. Now imagine if we were plucked from our families for five years, and then we come back and folks has grown. They've had to handle business on their own. They've had to do their thing, and you come back trying to be the man of the house again. That dynamic's gonna shift, right? Because like you would expect them to, like you would like for them to, they had to make do without you. Oh boy. Yeah. And I mean, it's so defining, you know, moving on with those things that you don't have, you know, you you got the chessboard set and it it is working. So it's like, what what in the world did she go through while he was gone? Which brings up another question. Um, In in uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, one of the kids was like 21 when he came back. Like he looked like a, a model when he came back from the blip. So I'm like, what's the rules on that? When you come back from the blip, are you five years older or you preserved? Because Spider-Man, yeah, Spider-Man came back his age, but the other kid that, yeah. 
that's the thing. That's the, that was the strange thing that I think kind of went unsaid. And, and one thing that I did like about these MCU movies and shows now with WandaVision, as they're showing the blip and people come back, they, they you know, Spider-Man played it for laughs. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they came back and the band was on the court when they were having practice and they bumped in each other. And because that show is showing a kid's perspective in high school. Right. It's not it's not showing a grown up perspective until later in the movie when Spider Man handles grown up things. Yeah. And his friends are still kids. Right. So, you know, when they came back, yeah, they were five years back, so classmates of theirs had graduated. Yeah, they came back to high school. Like that's why. Right, right. Now, I'm gonna go back to the Winter Soldier here. Yeah, let's get back into that. Because uh, <laughs> this is a really hard scene for me to see because um, I I don't know if anybody ever gets the chance to go and apologize to the victim's family. And Winter Soldier went back to apologize to the son of one of the gentlemen he killed and when he opens the door he sees that that altar can he get redemption from all these people well man let's go back yeah in, in building up to that they really tug at you and, and props to sebastian stan because he's acting his butt off in this one mm-hmm. um you know at first you know the winter soldier has his face covered through a whole movie and then whatever clips you see of him and then you know Sebastian Stan's the, the good looking brooding type so he ain't gonna do a whole lot of face acting but in this one man they, they got this real close up angle that makes it look uncomfortable you know when he's talking to is that Edie Falco? I believe so it's, yeah so he's talking to his psychologist who is a soldier and, and, a, and a psychologist in this and you know, it's real contentious, it's real uncomfortable, you can feel his tension, and then they show him befriending this old man, which kind of makes sense, because deep down, he's a, he's 106 years old himself, yeah. so of course, of course he would gravitate toward an, an older, you know, an older gentleman as a friend, like him and Steve would do, Yeah. but then you come to find out why he's befriending this old man. And the struggle of you gotta, you know, Black Widow says it when she's getting the red off her ledger. You know, that's what Bucky's doing. And again, they set you up on this really nice slow burn where, you know, the, the corrupt congressperson that he helped get into power. Mm. And she abused the power that he gave her. So he hijacks her car and with a smile says, you know, I'm no longer the Winter Soldier, but you know, these guys are here to get, they, they're here to take you in. And so they're setting up this redemption story from both ends. Yeah. And you're, you're seeing him redeem himself. In the middle, you're seeing him struggle with this list that he has, and he's having nightmares. Right. And he's telling his, his shrink this. And then on the other side, he's befriended this old man who you find out that was his son in the very first scene. Wild. Like the storytelling is wild, and I like I think honestly the the honest thing is we watched Kill Bill, and we watched in Kill Bill you know Beatrix Kiddo she had her list and she went and chopped everybody down, 
got her daughter back easy, right? Well, this isn't like that. Like he didn't know that he was being programmed. Like they opened up the lid of the jar and dumped in some instructions and just tightened it back up and said, kill. They cleared him out. So like that, that's the thing where I know a lot of people would, would look at this and be like, I'd never do that. I'd never do that. But like to have this kid's face in your memories for a whole decade or a year or whenever they lost him. And it's in your memory, but you didn't do it. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's, that's the twisted part of this. He's left with the life and the memories of a completely different person. Right. Not just the life and the memories of a different person, but someone who is the antithesis of who Bucky Barnes was. Right. Bucky Barnes was the consummate hero. He was the guy going off to war. He was the one to protect his friend Steve at all at all costs. Right. You know, looked out for him. You know, made sure he was okay. Even told him, "Don't follow me to the war. Like this is not for you." Like Bucky Barnes was the consummate friend and hero. Mm-hmm. He was the art. He was the archetype. Yes. And then he became the antithesis of his own archetype. Right. And that. I think it was funny. They were on the uh, Captain America was on the helicarrier and he the way he's dressed is the way a lot of grandpas are dressed with the flannel and the tucked in pants. And what what we don't get to see is that's actually what Bucky is, too. And it's like when you see uh, Captain America sitting on the the, uh, chair as an old man, that's the real Captain America. Like at the end of, of Endgame, like I think it was dope the way he was talking to, to the Falcon and talking to Winter Soldier. Like he had been there and done that. And now he's got the love of his life. Is real cute. Valentine's Day. Every kiss begins with K. You know, like it's it's it's, it's sweet. But like, well, they're old men. And they took. But see, they, the struggle is they took very painstaking steps. To make you care about Steve mm-hmm. as this respected soldier, old man, out of time, you know. Right. But with, but with Bucky, they dump us into the story where this dude is scary. He's masked up. He's got this bionic arm, and he's just wreaking havoc. All of our heroes are struggling with him. Mm-hmm. At one point in time, you got Black Panther, him, and, and and Steve Rogers going at it, and then you even got Iron Man. When they're chasing after dude, and and he and Tony puts on that the, the watch that becomes at least part of his suit, is his gauntlet. So everybody's fighting this guy, and he's not just holding his own; he's wrecking shot. <laughs> so they, they don't, we don't get into the steps that make us remember and sympathize with the fact that Bucky is also an old man out of time. Mm-hmm. He's he's actually older than Steve. You know? Oh wow! Yeah. So, because he was like Steve's big brother, so this old man, we don't get to care about him at first. Mm-hmm. We cared about Bucky, and then when they brought Winter Soldier in in Captain America, we didn't know that was Bucky. You know, really, I was right? Who read the comics? No, but when you're introduced to him, they're two different people, just like in his own mind. Mm-hmm. So they they didn't take the steps to make us care about Bucky that way. Right. Oh boy, I just, it's funny because you, 
we talked about the role of a hero and how hard it is to actually just be the hero because you know as we've heard in other comic stories you either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain and so this is i'm just gonna go go down it real quick so captain america i mean they rejected him you know at first he was just an actor right and they rejected him and not only that but later on he actually becomes somewhat of an outlaw villain because of the sokovia yes so you get you are the super soldier like he chased down a car on foot then he gets rejected by actual soldiers you you go back later and you're being captain america and you get rejected in that that patriot you know you got to pick a side in the civil war so it's like he had to i mean he had to drop everything every time like it's like who who does he have to prove himself to just to be the same hero you asked him to be Situations dictate, you know, what they say, treason is, uh, in the end, treason is a matter of dates. (laughs) What side side were you on when who took power? Right. Yeah, so, so, you know, being a hero or a villain could also be situational and you got nothing to do with it. Right, right. And it, like, that was, I just, I kind of typed this up in, in just my notes. You know, Captain America, you know, after those 70 years, he's, you know, thawed out by the ice. He wakes up to a scary world. Um, He's a fugitive for joining up with, you know, Bucky. Uh, He loses the love of his life. Then, you know, later comes back and gets her. Um, But then he has to give up that shield once again just to be a regular man. So it's like everything that he did to move forward as Captain America is like a setback in so many ways. So it's like, you are the cat, but, you know, you got to give the shield back. But then it complicates itself when you think you did it to yourself. Right. He volunteered. Right. He wanted wanted to prove himself. Right. And then when they put him him in that chamber and they Doc was going to stop it, he said, no, I can do it. I can do this. Right. And so he held on to become this ideal. And then, you know, the old saying, be careful what you wish for. Right. He might just get it, and he got it, and it, it, it came with a whole lot of strife. So yeah, it's interesting that he, kind of like the again the reverse of Bucky, he by choice became this thing. Bucky did not by choice become this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were the flip side of one coin. Yes, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna get to it because this is the way we ended. You know, spoiler alert. Um, so the Falcon is giving back the shield, which, you know, they're telling him it was the right thing to do. Um, you've got this mantle of Captain America that is, I mean, they're impossible shoes to fill really. It's like, who can honestly re recreate your fingerprint like you? Um, so he gives back the shield and then we see at the end. Somebody else has a shield. I'm not going to say it was the same shield because by now they could make another one. But we I'm just I'm praying it's not the same shield. I I honestly think it is the same shield, because when you look at it, I think Steve brought back a different shield. Hmm. Steve's shield did not look like that. Right. It was a little bit more old fashioned. It was old fashioned and it was that it was it was stepped up smooth. 
you know, you can see the sections of the target of the of the rings and star. But this one was segmented at the star. It had a different sound to it. So I a lot of people are thinking mm. the the vibranium shield was an MCU creation. A lot of people are speculating that Steve brought back the proto adamantium shield from the actual um, from the actual uh, comic book story. But okay. That's another yeah, that's another tangent. But that's why it looked different. And when you see uh, you uh, when you see U.S. Agent or John Walker carrying it, yeah, it's got the it's got the segmented star. So I think mm-hmm. that's the one that Sam that's the one that Sam gave to the museum. But I think that that's why they have to get it back because mm-hmm. he didn't realize what Cap had brought him. Not just the shield, not just the name of Captain America and mm. passing the torch. He brought him a new shield. Ah, okay, okay. Because he came back from the future. Yes. On a different timeline. Yes, which is in the in the MCU we had only been dealing with vibranium, but the introduction of proto adamantium signals Weapon X. The weapons plus program, and eventually Wolverine. So, I'm gonna come back to that in just a second because um, uh, super soldiers are like a very huge topic in the MCU, um, and the the mantle of a Captain America type figure is not new. Um, you you really tested me on my knowledge of Shield. And there was a season of S.H.I.E.L.D. where they had a Captain America. He was, I believe, the I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he was a nice face and muscle. He had like this really dark uniform, but he had superhuman abilities with a shot. Yeah, they gave him the shot. And that was. um, I can't remember um, the gentleman's name, but um, he filled that role. Yeah, he did. Well, he I actually thought he looked like U.S. agent. Yeah, um, but uh, he was at one point he was the director of Shield after Coulson, mm-hmm. and the, they called him the Patriot. The Patriot. Okay, so yeah. It, yeah. if he would have had that shield while having that shot in him, he could have done yeah. a lot of the things that Cap did. So I'm like, this isn't the first time I've seen that role filled. You know, while while Cap isn't on the screen, so it's like a lot of people could do this. They just probably won't do it as well. Um, well, and and again, as you saw, his his um, serum was temporary. Mm-hmm. It was watered down. Mm-hmm. They say they say the same is going to be the case for John Walker. Spoiler alert: If you don't know the story, right? Um, and and so the only there's a few instances in which the the serum was complete. Mm-hmm. So you've got, you know, Steve, Bucky. Um, there's there's rumors that the Black Widow program was a watered down version, but it was permanent. Mm-hmm. Got Red Guardian, mm-hmm. who was the the Russian version of Captain America. So yeah, there's instances where the serum took for good, but a lot of them are are not as strong, watered down, and not from the source. 
of the doc and and Stark who had originally gotten the formula to work. Okay, I know Doctor Erskine. I know I know that name. Uh, so, super soldiers though, super soldiers. This is the thing that scares me, and I, I talk to people about this in the uh, Winter Soldier uh, Captain America movie. During that little scene where he, it was showing him in his training camp with the other soldiers like him, he said there were thirty three. And at the end of that Captain America, uh, at the end of that Civil War movie, there was only five people in that chamber that Baron Zemo had shot. So I'm like, where are these other people at? Because there were men and women. And he said there were 33 that could change governments. But remember, when they went, it wasn't the ones in the chamber that also got shot. Remember when they showed up, they had to fight the ones who were in that they were in that jail cell. Yes. Down in the base, down in the basement. So that was another group of them. Yes. And then um, I think that some of them were just not viable. They, mm -hmm. they might have died from being injected because they also did show a cut. They showed that one dude freaking out once he got uh, injected. The so shot. I think he made it. Mm -hmm. So the reason why they scare me, the reason why they bother me, is because of what Killmonger was. Like what Killmonger was, if it's like if you give him any advantages, like any advantages at all, to me that's what those guys were. I just I don't know who yeah. made it, who was healthy. But but here's the difference. Yeah. Captain America, Killmonger had conviction. Mm-hmm. They had they had purpose. The super soldiers were programmed. That's why that's why they could break and re-break Bucky, mm -hmm. you know, because Bucky was a soldier. He never wanted to be a super soldier. Mm. And he and he even said at one point, "Kill me, like like don't I don't want this." Mm. So so, but when you look at Killmonger, Killmonger had deep conviction and a, and a belief that this power was going to waste, while people who looked like him struggled. Right. That's deep conviction. That's where the super soldiers don't bother me as much because they're still hollowed out. You know? Okay. But but they're they're just tools. Right. Killmonger, Steve Rogers, those are totally different people. Right. Who were who they were before the enhancement. So right. Before Killmonger took the heart shaped herb, he was still a beast. He was still coming for that head. Right. Because the conviction of what he believed in. Steve right. Rogers, same thing. I can do this all day. And he's this scrawny little dude right. taking a whooping in this alley. And it's like, okay, you put that heart in that body, now you got a monster. <laughs> the, right. The super soldiers were doing it either for the wrong reason, just volunteering, or they were being hollowed out. So to me, that's the separator. Is okay. The, the great ones had conviction. The the, the soldiers Sure, they're 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 fantastic and all. They got all these skills, but they don't have conviction. So then now we can get into the flag smashers. Yes. Talk about that because they have a conviction. Mm -hmm. They seem they seem super. They seem powered up. And you couple that with they have this mantra, this conviction to to smash borders and have no no sovereignty. You know, they're dangerous. Right now, that whoever that was in that mask, 
I think that Falcon thought the Falcon and that kid thought that that was Bucky because of his powers. And, so? I I thought that they were thinking that, even though he's cool, you you just no, never. No, no, yeah. No, I think I think Sam knows because uh, uh, Bucky got his mind back in Wakanda. I hope, like, right? Sure, sure, cured that dude. Right. But yeah, I don't I don't think that that's the thing because remember. They had been in some kind of contact, which uh, the doctor said he was ignoring Sam's calls. So, I, so I think Sam is just checking up on it. Okay. But I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't know that Sam thinks that that was because uh, they were like, they were like, is that is that who we think it is? Like they were like hinting at somebody, and oh, I was yeah, like, who do you think yeah, it maybe is? Maybe you're right. Because I'm like. So who else has super soldiers? Is it a temporary serum? Is somebody messing around? They got some, you know, good beet juice. You know what? Interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. So yeah, I'm like, I have to go back and I have to go back and watch that part because yeah, who would who would they think it was? Right. Like who else would have the serum? You definitely have Bucky, and they know Steve already. But who else would be Howard? Okay, it could be one of the Hydra agents. Like a um, a Batroc the Leaper, or or um, Crossbones, mm-hmm. because Crossbones wore a mask too. Right, right. I like I love the the intrigue of this group because them showing up kind of proves to me that we really aren't ever gonna know who's in a lab working on this. You know. Well, well I think when you're reading the comics, that's the point. Is, mm-hmm. um, there's so many sources of this bootleg thing. It starts as this one pure thing, and then, like, if you read the comics, every single, every single bad started with this this super soldier serum. Mm-hmm. That was the very first thing. Then you got Red Hulk, you got um, Abomination, you got the Hulk, which was the Gamma version of the super soldier serum. You've got, uh, you know, Captain America, and then you've got, um, what is the next one? Because then Hydra had all of their stuff. They were mm-hmm. trying to do the super soldier thing with the Tesseract energy. Yes. So like everything, everything spawned off of this super soldier serum, and, and once they cracked that code, it was like a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and then everybody was trying to splice off of it. Because all the super soldiers, even um, what was the one from uh, Iron Man three, with the plant? Um, Guy Pierce, his uh, yeah. with the Institute. the aim, yeah. yes. And 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 the botanist that Tony was messing with, yes. The, even that was another version of the super soldier serum. Because they could regrow the limbs. That was the organic version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it was. Which I love seeing because it, it is real. Um, the, there was a young lady that was a soldier that she could completely regrow her limbs where I think she had lost them in, in battle and war. She lost them in battle. And then when they injected her with the serum that they eventually gave Pepper, mm-hmm. because that would either take or it wouldn't take, just like the other one with the, the super soldier serum that they, you know, they tried to remake off of Steve. Right. So yeah, she when she was given that, uh, I, I keep forgetting what it was, but it was definitely something extremist. Extremist. It was extremist. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Good call. 
So extremists, they gave it to her, and because of that, it it latched onto her DNA and regrew the missing limb. Yes. Even though she had been missing it for a while. Yes. Now you you said it perfectly. You said the uh, conviction. So like I remember that chick. I mean, she had a completely different motivation and hunger. It was I won't say like Killmonger, but like. When somebody like that is coming after you, it's a whole right. different show. And right. um, that's why I'm kind of, I know I'm not going to get my wish, but I do like the way they're taking this because now we've seen, you know, basically two or three super soldiers in one episode already. You know, you've yeah, got yeah. The, the good Bucky, the bad Bucky, whoever this is that's wearing the hand mask. And I want to kind of call Falcon a super soldier because of his tech. Yeah, he, so. would, he would definitely be because of his tech, because his tech is Stark level. Right. Um, but he's not physically enhanced. No. So he, yeah, he's an actual soldier with great gear. Right. That, and I think that's what I'm looking for is, okay, they're going to team up. Obviously, you're going to therapy. Like, Bucky is going to therapy, and he's trying to cheat his way through it, and she's calling him out. So it's like you're going to therapy well, only, already. And there's only six episodes. Yeah. And with six episodes, this is going to move slightly faster than Wanda did. Mm-hmm. Because Wanda was eight episodes and they were slightly shorter. This one, they seem to all be right around the 50 minute range. And and they they have to move through the story and progress it. So I think that Sam and Bucky meeting up are, is coming in the next episode. Right. Because Which they're Bucky. they're going to need. Well, I think Bucky has to take those steps to, to join a family because, you know, they somebody uh, I heard <laughs> compared it rightfully so to Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Riggs. Exactly. Bucky is Riggs. And he's going to come join Sam's family, you know. Right, right. So, obviously, we've got the Black Widow movie that you and I, we've been talking about it for a year because we thought we were going to see it. Do you Man, think? They just, yeah, they just announced the date, July 9th, and mm-hmm. they're gonna put it on Disney Plus, yes, as well as the theater, which is my birthday, so that'll yeah. be a birthday gift to me. Oh, okay, good, good, and happy birthday already. <laughs> so, so, I guess the real question is, do we see in the the Marvel world that that seems to deal with New York so much? Do we get to see Black Widow or Punisher or Daredevil or even Luke Cage in any of these shows? Do, do they share? Or is this all tunnel vision? Nah, I think what, what I think the categorization is more like grounded MCU versus or parallel to cosmic and and magical MCU. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I think that there's talks about the way that Spider-Man is written and the way that Spider-Man is attached to the underworld because everybody talks about Spider-Man as an Avenger, but they forget Kingpin, they forget Hellfire Club and all that that sort of criminal underground in New York City. Yes. And that's where you had your Daredevil, you had Punisher, you had Luke Cage. Those were sort of a a more gritty sort of Hill Street Blues cop drama mm-hmm. of the MCU or, or of the um, of the Marvel Comics world. Right. And so, you know, yeah, you could have 
all of these high level things happening in New York, you know, but then you had this criminal underground in the very same city that was more, you know, Spider-Man, Daredevil, Luke Cage, because they were more neighborhood heroes, and then you had the big international interstellar heroes. Gotcha. So I don't know, because Marvel, unless they initiated it in, like they did WandaVision, because they keep calling WandaVision, you know, this is the first MCU property, and those of us who like S.H.I.E.L.D. are like, hold tight, like, you really gonna do S.H.I.E.L.D. that way? Mm-hmm. But yeah, they are, because S.H.I.E.L.D. is a marketable property, but it's not part of the MCU timeline, technically. Mm -hmm. They had some crossover, but they're not giving the credit. Now, okay, so since you mentioned S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, that is a huge, I want to say a huge uh, door opening to, I mean, we saw uh, um, Ghost Rider, uh, I think... uh, Cage came by, or not Cage, but uh, uh, yeah, not Fury. Cage, Ghost Rider. Fury yeah, came Fury, by. Fury came through um, early on. The Deathlock Cyborg. Um, one of the actual MCU came through with uh, Lady Sif. Lady Sif was in yes. like two or three episodes. Lady Sif came by, and then it, even if it never happens in my mind, it happens, which is you got the whole crew of S.H.I.E.L.D., that I feel like one of them in some way should be able to cameo in one of these movies or shows. Kobe, Kobe Smulders came through, you know. Okay. She was, uh, you know, Nick Fury's right hand. She came through with Coulson. When Coulson was uh, on the run and he wasn't the director anymore, she came in to help him. So, again, they've had crossover. Okay, okay. It's just whether or not they call it official. Yeah. And, and like you said, they should be able to pop out in the properties because we had Inhumans and that was you know Sky and Quake and a lot of people are like why isn't Quake in the main timeline like Mm -hmm. she's she's a she's a Marvel hero she's a comic hero yeah put her in there you know and all yeah I agree agree. why isn't she in in that timeline but then you know Agent May and and you've got this this whole timeline of people who are crucial to the story and you could easily bring them over mm-hmm. and they're fan favorites it's just because the producers weren't thinking ahead like they are now <clears throat> they're they're not including them as canon right well and i think that's that's the part that kind of messed me up is like it's a marvel product and you know because of agent colson and the avengers you know they're connected in some way they just won't give you the permission to let your mind run right. and, and that, work with them. All they, and that's all they would have to say is a lot of the stuff in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was running parallel to the MCU already. Yeah. All they had to say was, okay, it's canon, and, and the fans would link it. They wouldn't yes. even have to write for it. The fans would mentally link it because we've been wanting it to be canon anyway. Right, right. And it, it, it runs on a tangent timeline. That's all you got to say. It just, just me personally, I'm like, there is no way Agent Coulson and May and everybody would not go after Winter Soldier the second he shows up, you know, on, on American yeah. soil. There's just no yeah. way. And who would you dispatch was, to go was after Coulson him? In, uh, was Coulson in Winter Soldier? I believe. 
was he? No, he was already dead in Avengers. Ah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, he was already gone. Yeah. But I'm just... I mean, you've got Quake, you've got Agent May to go after him. They would have him wrapped up. But following orders. You yeah. Know, that, that's where they could always say these are soldiers following orders. If we got Steve and the Avengers on the case, you know, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the minor league. You guys go handle something else. Right. Which is so another thing. Yeah. <laughs> what does it take for an Avenger to get paid? I mean, Falcon and his sister did not get that loan. That's crazy to so, think. Like when he said that, I think that was the first acknowledgement in the MCU that Tony wasn't just paying everybody because Bobby right. said no, flat out. He goes, no, that's not how it works. Yeah. And so that's crazy that now he's a mercenary for the U.S. government. He's 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 writing contracts to get basically like, like he's like a construction firm or something. He gets this security contract to be Falcon for the U.S. government, mm-hmm. which is wild because they never really explained that previously because Tony had the Avengers compound. He put them up in that place. And and maybe there was a stipend, but they're not rich because of Tony, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, well, wait, how do how does the Falcon retire? Like, what's his pension? You know, where does he get his money? How does he pay for things? And do they just blip blip him back into where he was? Is he on on your left? On your left? Our first generation <laughs> into that. We, we, we don't know how this works. Right. We don't realize how it works yet because it's never been talked about. And I think we'll get into even more of that with um, Black Widow. Right. Because, you know, coming from the Red Room, and they, they were these sleeper agents as a family. Right. And now it's like, you know, what does an ex-mercenary do to earn earn money? Right. And and, and, and stay, stay a, you know, a, a, not going afoul of the law. Yeah. Open a, uh, God, what, I remember the movie The Professional where Jean Renault and uh, little Natalie Portman, you just become a chef then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> Yeah, just do something innocuous. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, I don't want to keep you all night. We we gotta uh, we gotta watch a lot more before this, you know, season is up. Do some more reviews. Yeah, man, we gotta do some more reviews because I think that uh, this story is going to go into some other things because next up would be Loki, mm-hmm. and so you know it's going to be interesting how they make these connections between the properties as they are weaving a tighter story mm-hmm. because the, the fans have dictated that. Like, that's where I'm a little bit bummed out about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. basically started this in terms of on the small screen. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of the bastard stepchild now who I feel like Marvel's going to give their props. It'll be late, but they'll give them their props. Right. Because it's those TV fans in between the years between movies yeah keep the story woven together whether that's fan fiction just the fandom speculation like i watch you know uh uh, new rock stars and emergency awesome and all these other reviewers i like the real rejects those guys i love (laughs) but but you know it's those fans and that speculation that keep things alive between movies well now you've got this weekly serial show format coming out 
Marvel has the speculative fans to thank for that. And right. a lot of that started with Agents of Shield seven, eight years ago. Yes. Yes. Like they were they were even before the Netflix version. And and that's even where like Marvel kinda didn't learn their lesson from the movies when they sold off Spider Man, they sold off the Hulk, they mm-hmm. sold off all these rights. They did that with television too. So like you had Punisher, Electra, um, Daredevil, and Jessica Jones locked up by Netflix. Mm-hmm. And they came shortly after Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. There should have easily been some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and and that grounded MCU crossover. Oh, yeah. All in New York City. But they couldn't cross over because of ownership rights. Right. Well, now they're trying to pull everybody back into the fold, but they're not going to give the just dude and the just connections to these shows that actually paved the way. Yes. Yeah, because I... I don't know. For so many reasons, Jessica Jones is a very necessary character to watch. If you just just her, just I don't give a you know, just her attitude. It's so necessary with all of the I hate to say it like the high heels and push up bras. Well, and then also like you asked, you know what what does it take to be a hero? She's an anti hero. Mm-hmm. We're like she's a reluctant hero. She doesn't want to be seen that way. She wants to be left alone. She barely wants to do her job. She right. got this goody two shoes friend whose mom, you know, made her up to be this thing. And so yeah, Jessica Jones was necessary in a way because she was the anti Stark. She mm-hmm. was the anti Black Widow. You know, she was the anti Pepper Potts. She was just this gritty New York City girl who, yeah. you know, just leave me the F alone, let me do my thing. I hate that I got these superpowers. Right. You know, so she was necessary for a big dose of realism. Yeah. And that, like with those shows, once again, like being in New York, they got these, you know, I won't say super soldier serums, but, you know, Jessica had it, her mom had it, then you've got Daredevil, then you've got Iron Fist, you've got Luke Cage. It's oh, like man, yeah, Iron Fist. I forgot about that because everybody was thinking that the hand was this thing. Like, like no, the hand is ninjas. Yeah, the hand isn't. The hand isn't <laughs> some some flash mob crime group. Oh yeah, they're they're dangerous. That's why I wish. Um, as far as ownership, I don't know how all that goes, but like the Electra uh, story is much deeper than what they they Mark dropped did. on us, and Mark I think. A- alias i think jennifer garner was at the peak of her like career with with like all of that alias 2000s early 2000s and like if they would have given that justice and done that justice they could have really well, dug into that story a lot more yeah they could have done it they, they could have done it a little bit better um that's another interesting topic that would take us on a different tangent and we should oh, yeah. talk about it sometime but it's the, the cultural appropriation that happened when it's like you need to have an Asian, an Asian actress doing these things, or you need to have a Hispanic actress doing these things, you know, um, because that's also where I think the early Marvel properties got into a bit of trouble attracting fans because we knew how they were written. Mm-hmm. And Stan Lee and Jack Kirby were very purposeful about how these characters were written. Mm-hmm. And then they were being recast in different ways that didn't match the source material. Right. 
And so, yeah, that took you down a road of not really feeling for this character that you normally would. Like, that to me was the downfall of Elektra is her her very ethnicity was handled wrong. You know, her story was, was more polished up and made Americanized. And then you get to Iron Fist and, and Daredevil and you find out that the hand is a bunch of ancient magical ninjas, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So much to cover, so much to talk about. I mean, you've got this amazing, impressive wall of shoes behind you. I, I mentioned that you were a designer. I mentioned that you were the Dosa Keys man in real life. You know, <laughs> do you want to say anything to anybody about the designs, about what you're creating? Or oh, no, they can, yeah, they can check me out at ridiculous, uh, ridiculous.com, R D Q L U S. They can check me out um, on social media at the same ridiculous R D Q L U S. Um, my clothing line is Heavy Crown. Um, H V Y C R W N. Um, yeah, the Heavy Crown is uh, that was uh, the offshoot of Ridiculous and needed to do some creative outlets that were aside from my client work. Um, but yeah, they can they can find me and track me through that um, on uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. I do uh, some footwear reviews, some clothing reviews, but I also did some uh, some talk about The Mandalorian, so we didn't talk about that. So next season we'll get on that, and we'll, and we'll do that. Like, we need to make this a regular thing. <laughs> oh, exactly, exactly. We definitely will. All right, well, hey, you all, thank you so much. As always, I love you all. Hope you love me back. Thank you, Mr. Steve Gordon, for all of your time. And, yeah, we'll, we'll be catching up soon. It's like we didn't talk enough, right? But <laughs> nah, nah, nah. We, we, we got things we need to talk about. As a matter of fact, late, late, late tonight, I will be watching the episode. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much. You have a great evening, and my, I tip my hat off to you, sir. You take care. Absolutely. Peace All right.